This call is being recorded. All right. So this is part three of um, talk, talking concerning uh, the mandate on um, on Fire Realm and how we can see in the gospel uh, and the word of God that mandate, what it looks like. This is nothing new. All right? So we're going to get right into it. And... Um, and we're going to start at where uh, we talk about how a part of fire realm and what we mentioned is it's a fire to see the healing, miracles, signs and wonders, and salvation gospel message of Jesus Christ taken to the world. Now, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8, this is what it says. This is what Jesus says, right? Jesus said, Matthew 10, Verse 8, it says, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the, lep cleanse the lepers, which lepers was those who had incurable skin diseases at that time, cast out demons, freely you received, freely give. So, so in other words, Jesus is saying here that we talk about a fire, right, a fire and a passion for God to see the healing, miracle signs, wonders, salvation, gospel message taken to the world, right? When you see Jesus' desire, which is what we just read, you see it lines up with the same thing. He, at that time, he anointed his disciples. He gave them power to go out into the villages at that time, and they were demons people who were sick, people who had devils, people who had incurable diseases and skin conditions, and Jesus Christ empowered them to do the same thing that he was doing. So why is that so important uh, today? Because, see, a part of Fire Realm and what we do is that when we talk about the Word of God and teaching the Word of God and, 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 how to, and living holy and, and, and being empowered, God, why is he empowering you? He's empowering you because the same thing that Jesus talked about, he, he wants to see those same things in the community. But he has to start somewhere. Amen? Amen. So, I, you know, um, there's a whole series you could do on that concerning healing. I myself and my wife have seen healing experience God's healing power. You know, we've also cast out devils before. When we have heard demons say, uh, uh, you know, hey, I don't want to come out. You know, people thrashing on the floor. I'll never forget one young lady, she had a tattoo, and that demon was connected to a tattoo in witchcraft, and she was on the floor slithering like a snake. And that night, actually, it, she had a couple of devils. But it took me, it actually, from that time, I was there from 12 at night from all the way to the morning, 7 in the morning, and I, and I went to church that same morning, and a whole family came to church after that situation because that young lady, she was cursing everybody out in her family in, in Creole. You know, she was Asian, her parents were Asian. But, but here's the thing that this, these situations are real. Some people, the reason why they can't come to God is because there are demon spirits that are in them 
that is stopping them from literally getting their deliverance. There are some demon spirits that would even cause people to have sicknesses. My God. For example, in the Word of God, it talks about that, how one woman, she was bent over for about 12 years. And she, she was an older lady, and she was bent over for 12 years, and Jesus cast out a devil that was in her back. And so immediately when he healed her, she sat up straight, and she was able to walk. I have seen that with my own two eyes. I have seen that when I, one, uh, another situation where a woman, she had a, a, a spirit in her life where she was getting sick. The doctors couldn't help her. And she came to me and my wife for prayer. Well, we told her, you got to get some things in order in your life. And then we prayed for her healing. Immediately she was healed. Not long after that. And the doctors didn't know what was wrong with her. She didn't know. She said, I feel sick every day. I know something's going on in my body, things like that. So, so what am I saying? That See, why have we experienced this power in our own lives? It's because... When Jesus Christ begins to teach you, and you're, just like you're, uh, you're, you're learning the teachings from this ministry, as you begin to learn about healing, as you begin to learn about the kingdom, as you begin to learn how to walk with God, how to walk as a, uh, in, in, in a, life, a pure life before God, God will start anointing you with power. He will start putting his power on your life by his Holy Spirit. So... So that gives us that point. If you notice here, it says, freely you have received, freely give. <laughs> so what, So that cancels out why we see a lot of foolishness in the church today. In other words, you, people are trying to buy their blessing, trying to buy their deliverance, trying to buy casting out demons, thinking that if I give my tithe or if I give my money, that means I'm going to get delivered. No, that just means you're being obedient concerning your finances, according to Malachi chapter 3. But, but when it comes to you being saved or experiencing deliverance, God said that's totally free. Hallelujah, Jesus. So that means so that cancels out a lot of these false prophets that we have today saying that you got to buy a deliverance from God. No, the devil is alive. You don't got to buy nothing when it, comes to, when it comes to you experiencing the power of God. That's because in the same sentence, uh, that uh, context, I'm sorry, in the same context, there was a man called Simon the Sorcerer. That when he saw Peter laying hands and people receiving the Holy Spirit, he tried to go to the apostle Peter and say, hey, let me give you money so I can have this power. Peter, the apostle, said to him, you're going to perish just like your money. And he, the, he was once in witchcraft, and he said, he said to Peter, please, he begged him. He said, please, don't let what you just said happen to me. Because the fear of God from the words of Peter's mouth was the mouth of God speaking directly to his spirit. God said, don't play with my Holy Spirit like that. Because just like your money will perish, you will end up perishing too. So God takes freely, you have received, freely give seriously. So in the ministry, if you notice, we, we're constantly saying, here, download the resources. You know, it's available for you. Why? Because when you get the kingdom teaching, you will start to walk in power even yourself for your family and in your own life. And so, sweetheart, you want to add to that? 
Yeah, I just wanted to go back to um, what the Holy Spirit was saying about how Jesus says that I will call you to heal the sick, raise the dead, um, do miracles in my name. Um, As freely as it was given to you, you shall give unto others, right? And what came to my spirit was the fact that since the beginning of time, when God created man, he created us perfect. He created us with no sickness, no disease. We were not supposed to die. So when Jesus, of course, because of the fall of man, sin entered the world and sin also entered man. So when Jesus Christ came, he came back to restore us back to our original state. And that is the true identity that I believe that we miss in the house of God. Why am I in church every Sunday and I still got cancer? Why am I in the church every Sunday and I still have disease and heartbreak and I can't get rid of sin? Because we're forgetting the true identity that Jesus Christ died for us to have. In the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. God was talking to Jesus. So is is Jesus sick? Is Jesus afraid? Is Jesus perverted? Is Jesus... Uh, it, does he have low self-esteem? No. It is sin that into the world is why we that's is why we uh we struggle with these things. But once you come into Christ, that's why he starts speaking about that. Now I call you a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people belonging to the Almighty God, who He has called out of the dark into his marvelous light. So now when we're in sin, we're in darkness. But when we get when Jesus comes into our lives, we walk into his light. And that light is the true revelation of who you really are. And that's what Fire Round teaches, identity. Restoring you back to who you were since the beginning of time. The thought that God had of you had of you before you even came into your mother's womb. Amen. Amen. And and touching the last part, and we'll close out here, and then uh, then uh, we'll continue on about. Uh, what do we believe in fire realm and how our belief lines up with the scripture because a lot of people believe a lot of things but it don't line up with the scripture because that's what's more important. So the last part is uh, how FRM, which is fire realm ministry, uh, fire realm ministry welcomes networking with church, with other ministries and churches in which will bring true change in our dying world, right?
Okay, so, all right, so let me just get right into this. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 to 28. This is uh, proof, all right, of why this is so important in our uh, in our day and age. Let me just get right to it. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 to 28. It says this. Okay, it says, now you are Christ's body, and each of you is a member of it, and God has placed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helps, gifts of leadership, different kinds of tongues, see, uh, um, if you've been following the ministry for a while, you'll notice myself and my wife will speak in tongues, right? That's a gift. That's a spiritual gift. A part of a spiritual gift, in other words, I didn't have this gift of myself and my wife. We didn't have these gifts of tongues when we, um, when we was unsaved. It happened when we got saved and the Holy Spirit imparted it to us. The gift of tongues, there's a whole teaching on that, Right? But the gift of tongues is a spiritual gift that builds up you spiritually, that causes the presence of God to increase in your spirit, okay? There's three parts of you, body, soul, and spirit. Well, your body's going to die one day, but your soul and your spirit will live forever. That's why if you notice some people who, who even died and said, oh, I went to heaven, that was true. And some of them said, I went to hell and came back. That was true too. Their soul and spirit, their soul and spirit were separated from their bodies. And the body dies. If your soul gets separated from your body, your body will die. That's how God created us. Okay? When you accept Jesus Christ, your spirit becomes alive now. That's why you can hear from God and you get convicted of wrong. Because the Holy Spirit now made your spirit, which was once dead, alive with God. Okay? So, so as you begin to come into the body of Christ and you're saved now, you're a part of this body. There's a arm, there's legs, there's a head, which is Christ, you know, but there's different parts of Christ's body. It's a worldwide body. You'll notice some ministries, for example, you may see T.D. Jakes or another ministry, they're heavy on one subject. That's what God is doing over there. You'll find another ministry, they may not talk about a lot of miracles a lot, but they're doing with a lot of heavy teaching. God is in that too. You'll find another ministry where you may hear Joe Osteen. For the, it, you know, there's different parts of the body, but it's the same body. Every part of the body is not the same. The Lord can't say to the hand, I don't need you. The hand can't say to the ear, I don't need you. Or how, can the, how can the body hear when the enemy is coming? How can, in other words, like me as a prophet, how can uh, uh, uh you know, God uses uh, myself to prophesy. Everyone don't have that gift. You know, everyone's not a prophet. I also function as teacher with my wife also. She functions as, as teacher and evangelist. And, and you know, we, God has given us different gifts for what? The building of the body of Christ. So 
why are we? Why do we talk about network um, networking with other ministries and uh, getting invited to other ministries? And we may be at different venues, or we may do a, a host events at other ministries, or or vice versa. Why? Why are we? Why do we do that? Because we understand that God is trying to change the community and city and the people. Because though people go to church, they some of them are still not saved. Some of them are still sick. Some of them are still got demons. Matter of fact, I'll go even deeper. In Matthew, in, um, Matthew I'm sorry, Mark chapter uh, 4, I believe, when Jesus stepped into a, a, a church to preach, the very person he met while he was preaching was the devil. The devil was in a man as he was preaching, and that devil said, why have you come here? To destroy us? How was that demon, how did that demon feel like he was being destroyed? Because the word of God, demons hate the anointed word of God. When you start speaking the word of God, it's like fire to them. And it didn't make a lot of sense because that's what the Bible says, like, oh, God is a consuming fire. See, when I start preaching, and I, uh, when I start preaching, when we have seen that when the word of God is being preached, some people say, oh, I want to hear that, and they start thrashing, or they start acting like, a, you know, acting weird or all that situation. Why? Because the word of God can destroy the works of the devil. And so when you get the word of God, what's going to begin to happen? The works of the devil is going to be destroyed in your life, in your family's life, and around your, uh, around your community. So, so Fire Run welcomes networking with other ministries and churches in which will bring true change in our dying world. So there may be people that is a part of Fire Run, and God has called them to be here. And, um, and so I don't want anybody to think because some people think that. They think that, oh, my church is the only church that God is moving in. No, that's not true. God, he's moving in different ministries all across the world. It's not about a one man. It's not a one-man show. So even though you may be in this house, in this ministry, that don't mean you have to look down on someone else because they may not have the level of understanding that you have concerning the word. For example, uh, we talk about waiting for a mate. Some churches believe in boyfriend girlfriends. We don't believe in that. And the reason why is because there are people who are immature and they're picking mates and they're not inviting the Holy Spirit. They haven't even gotten to the place of being mature in their own spiritual life and can't even handle their own relationship with God, but they want to handle a relationship with somebody else. That doesn't make any sense. How can you be an expert? When it comes to a relationship with somebody else, if you're not an expert with your relationship with God. In other words, when you become an expert with your relationship with God, guess what? You can lead someone else into a relationship with God. Amen. So, so, so that's the thing. You know, when, uh, uh, when God is moving in your life and you sit on the fire realm and, and, and you begin to uh, uh, digest what God is saying to you and you understand the mandate, you're going to notice that your spiritual eyes become more open and, it, and, and you understand. What, so that's why I'm saved. That's why God has me in this ministry. That's why the Lord is, is dealing with these areas in my life. That's why he's telling me that why I can't get to the next level. That's why he's dealing with me about uh, 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 taking notes and downloading the resources because, because it's bigger than a church. 
it's bigger than the church. You know, and I, 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 you know, I thank God. I always talk about, but I thank God for my past and the sacrifice He made. Because I remember when I was, it was, uh, we would just have. Uh, it was a small group. We had Bible study in a park, two or three people. Now it's going to like two hundred people, but it took years of faithfulness, faithfulness, because He knew, yeah, you can leave, you can leave my ministry, but I can't leave what God told me to do. Because God told me to sacrifice my life for the people. And now, countless people have been blessed by the man of God's life, including myself. So, so I understand because I've seen, I seen the gospel in action. That I understand the sacrifice that it takes. The commitment that it takes. There were some days that I didn't even want to go to church, but I had to tell my flesh, no, flesh, I know I'm going to obey God. People say, why, why are you going to this church? Well, you know, why, why you, you know, what, what, what you mean you in leadership? Well, you know, what's going on with your life? You don't got no girlfriend or you waiting on God. All this I got persecution from, from the people that I love and care about even around my life because they didn't understand that God had a special plan for me. Same thing with my wife. So guess what? It, so the, 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 the things that, we're talking about the sacrifice of what it takes, the diligence that's what it's, of, of what it takes. That's the same thing Jesus Christ taught his disciples. And I'll end it on this. He said, if any man will come after me, matter of fact, the disciples were arguing who was going to be greatest in the kingdom, who was going to sit on his right-hand side in the kingdom of heaven. They were arguing. They were arguing with each other about that. And Jesus had to stop them and say, look here, brother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> look at here, young buck. I understand. Yeah, you see the miracles. You see people raised from the dead. You see these five thousand people following me because of of the anointing and the power of God that's on me for preaching. Just like, just like, just like a lot of people get drawn to myself and my wife preaching. See, they see the miracles and they see the glory, but they don't know the story and the process that it takes to actually work in this level of the power. And Jesus had to tell him, let me tell you something. Yeah, are you worthy to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? In other words, my father has given me a cup to drink. I mean, that, what about it? I know these listen, people listening online, they can't see. But in other words, are you, can you handle this cup that the father is trying to give you to drink? In this cup, it represents suffering. It represents Loving people when they spit, when they don't want nothing to do with you. It represents people talking about you, lying on you. It represents, uh, 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 and I'm not trying to scare them, I'm just telling honest truth. It represents being shamed, being ridiculed, feeling like you're by yourself a lot of times, feeling like everybody's, everybody's getting blessed but you. Feeling like all these things are coming at you, you getting talked about. You get, you know, people rubbing you the wrong way. People giving you an attitude. People doing all these things for you. And God say, this is, this is what my son went through. Can you drink what my son drank? And that put him on the cross. And so Jesus said to them, he warned them. He said, any man that comes after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. In other words, yeah, you, you're following me, but count the cost. 
Jesus went further and said, no man putting his hand to the plow, or no man that starts building, uh, 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 just stops with their building and go about their business, or no man that puts his hand to the plow and look back is worthy for the kingdom. In other words, in order to understand that you have enlisted in an army and you are required to give up your life. You know, I heard a story and about a woman. Um, she lost her husband. He was probably you ever heard about on the news. Uh, he was a Green Beret from Miami, uh, from I'm sorry, Cooper City in Florida. And um, she lost her husband. He died. And the president said, which was insensitive, because they were saying, you know, it was insensitive and things like that. She, the president Trump told his, told his wife as she was in the car of the funeral, he knew what he was signing up for. And I agree. It was at that moment he shouldn't have said it, but it was true. He knew that it's a possibility because, yes, I may have a house, and they may have good benefits with the army, but the core of the army is this. I may not come home. I may not see my daughter. And actually, she was past, she was pregnant with his with his child. That was his wife, and he was a young man. Matter of fact, a brother in Christ that I know knew knew of him, and he was a Christian guy, which was a great thing. But he understood that I signed up in an army, and I and I'm giving up my life for the cause of the army. So it made sense. It makes sense what Jesus said that I, I'm giving up my life for the law. I, I don't have to give up my life because I was already a king, but I came to earth and I came to suffer and give up my life because I'm enlisting in an army because I'm trying to save lives. And so you that follow me, I'm trying to save the people around your life. I'm trying to save your family. I'm trying to save your friends because everybody don't got forever to serve God. So when I listen to army, I say, including myself, I say, Lord, I sacrificed it all because I knew that I deserved death and I shouldn't be here. But God, use my life so another young man, another young man to have a chance to know you, God. And God had answered that prayer. And I have seen with my own two eyes. So you personally, what am I here for Firewell? Why am I in this mission? You are here because you enlisted in an army. And you are in boot camp. Your life, everything about your life, God has every detail about your life in his hands. You are listening in the army. And don't be surprised when you're experiencing warfare for being a soldier. Things happen, things that's not happening your way because God is training you out of have endurance. You, you, you know, in other words, you used to get this and get that. Now it's not working for you anymore. Or you are people just getting your time along. You feel like going off. See, you're sacrificing for the gospel. So someone else can see what true love looks like. And you can close your eyes. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. See, that's the that's the part of the gospel that we don't want. <laughs> you know, that's what we were talking about. Um, I guess last Sunday about receiving the full gospel. You know, Jesus is the lover of our souls. He does make a way out of no way. He gives you power over all the works of the devil. He is a provider. He is a healer. But he also is the one who suffers for the sake of love. 
And that's what the church is avoiding. And that's why we can't see the love of Christ in the church. You see, I, I, I love the fact, and God, he, trust me, God, he meshed, it's like, it's so much God was pouring into me even while Jason was talking. And the only way I can start from is saying that you heard him say, Lord, I'm willing to give my life for the people, right? But God is so perfect in his ways. He gave him a wife that can t- see that's his testimony to those who say, use me, Lord, I'm willing. But what about to those who don't really want that? I'm standing before you to let you know I didn't want this. I did it. When God told me that I had to die for someone else to live, to be ridiculed, to be bold and still speak and be rejected, to to love those who don't love me, to want the best for people and they want me killed and, and, and want me to fail, I say, oh, no, God, I don't have the gospel. I don't want the whole gospel, God. I want your blessings, Lord. I want your provision, Lord. I want your healing, Lord, but I don't want to suffer. <laughs> but see, just like what we said through praise and worship, Lord, I see this in me, God. Change me. He said, he said I, am wi- I am willing and able to make you a new person. See, at that time of my life, I wasn't filled as much as I am now with the Holy Spirit. We cannot serve the Lord without the Holy Spirit. At that time, I was going through so much hell in my life, I said, I can't even take no more. And now you want me to go and be a lamb, to the, a lamb for the slaughter. I say, Lord, I done been through all this stuff before I got saved. Now I come into the house of God, I'm going through hell, and then now you're trying to send me out into the world to go through more hell. Like, where's my blessing? That's how I was thinking. But see, when you go into the secret place, when you say, God, even though, even though I don't want this, Lord, I realize that, it's the greatest gift that I can give back unto you. I had to come before God and say, Lord, no, I don't want to suffer. Sometimes I do feel afraid to tell people about Christ. Sometimes I don't feel like showing love to somebody who done cussed me out and did me wrong. But, Lord, like Jesus did. Jesus, hey, he was in the garden of the assembly. He said, Lord, let this cup pass for me. I don't want to suffer in God. And God didn't say a word. And I, and I went through a couple of years of my life with God not saying a word. Until it was time when I was broken. That's why we were talking about this morning, the Jonah anointing. When I was broken enough and humble enough to hear what God was saying and to still say, not thy will be done. Not my will, O oh God, but thy will be done. See, sometimes when we come into the house of God, we are afraid to, sh- to share our struggle. We're trying to make it look all pretty. We're trying to act like we got it all together. So when somebody else struggling, if somebody, if somebody else feels like, man, I don't think I can really do this, how can we relate? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
I've seen so many things in the house of God and over the decade that I've been serving the Lord, but people, a lot of people in the house of God, it's like we're, we're not being relatable anymore. Oh, now that you got strength, now that you got power, now that you got anointing, God going to bless you. You, you. you don't tell nobody that you was a crackhead. You don't tell nobody that you was a prostitute dropping it like it's hot everywhere. Oh, but you but you got it all together now. <laughs> so that's the part, that's the portion. It goes back to God fitting me and my husband together like a puzzle. He mentioned earlier to uh, early on in the sermon that okay, there's other ministries that do believe in boyfriend and girlfriend. But I only have one question to ask. Is that some of the main reason why we look into in the house of God and see divorces? And why I'm saying that is because what's what's wrong with God saying, I want your heart first before you give it to someone else? I birthed you. I shaped you in your mother's womb. I loved you. I died for you. I give you breath every day that you wake up. As soon as you get saved, I'm trying to yoke you with somebody else. I want you to get to know me. I want you to love me because I am he who makes all things new, all things better, all things prosperous. So we 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 cannot say anything different than what God has caused us to do. We can say that it can be done. The problem with the boyfriend and girlfriend situation, it's like we say boyfriend, like I got many boyfriends, yeah. I got many friends that are boys, and I got many girlfriends, which is many friends that are girls. But see, the problem with it is the devil creeped in it and said, put a label on it and say that's my boyfriend, but we're really acting like husband and wife. That's the lie of the enemy, and that's how many people fall into fornication. Many people fall into, you know, masturbation, all type of stuff that's giving you all these desires, just snuffing out the voice of the Lord. And that's what he wants to make clear to you is his voice. Is it worth waiting for? Yes. He has someone. I, 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 don't, I don't put no reins on God. I don't put no limitations on him because he's limitless. Yes, there's somebody exactly for you. Yes, there's somebody exactly for you. God thought of them when they, he was creating you. Am I going to go look in the natural and say, oh, that's right for me, and don't even know that God is like, oh, nope, you're picking according to your eyes. You're picking according to your flesh again. When, when Jason just said earlier, that the flesh is death. It is what will die, but your spirit and your soul is the only thing that will last forever. So why can I not pick someone according to the spirit? Something that's eternal, something that will never fail. So, you know, I just thank everyone for listening out. Listening in out. Um, we really, really hope that you have been blessed by this word. Um, make sure that you take notes. And share this 
this message with someone else that you believe that it can help. And just know that Jesus loves you and he's calling you higher. God bless and stay tuned for the next series of this. Um, this what's the name of it, baby? Just stay tuned for the next training available. Thank you.